1: Southern Miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the
2: Eagle Hour.
0: Happy Friday and thank God it is Friday. Bob Getty and Kelly Santa broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course studio here in Hattiesburg. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour, everybody. We're glad you're with us around the Supertalk Radio Network, online, wherever you may be tuned in. We're happy to share the next hour with you. Going to be talking to Patrick McGee down at NOLA.com here in just a little bit about the last, I believe this is the last regular week of NFL football, and what do the New Orleans Saints, I guess you'd have to say, or Mississippi's NFL team, what do the Saints have to do? to get in the playoffs and uh, make some noise. Also, Melissa Socher will be joining us uh, later in the hour to update us on our Corky Palmer raffle. Opening segment sponsored by our good buddies at Dickie's Barbecue. I think I'm going to check that out, actually, this weekend. It sounds really good to me. Delicious fresh barbecue cooked seven days a week. Great sides, soft-serve ice cream, which is Kelly's favorite. And they'll cater any event for you, large or small. So if you want to go out and eat this weekend or maybe pick it up and take it home, we suggest you give Dickies a
1: shot. And, you know, the national championship game is uh, is Monday night. I know a lot of people will be gathering you know, to, to watch the big game. Let Dickies handle any of the, the food. So you can just focus on cheering for Georgia or Alabama, whatever the case may be.
0: There you go. Well, we are happy, happy. How about th- the Eagle This afternoon to talk about a basketball win as the uh, Golden Eagles... Uh, won last night at UTSA, seventy-four, seventy-three, big win, Kelly. I mean, I, I realize that they haven't won a lot of games, but you, you know, you got to get started to win a game on the road, a conference game, to win a, well, a one-point game, and, and to make a defensive stand at the end of the game that preserves the victory has just got to go a long way for the psyche of these kids.
1: Yeah, confidence builds builds confidence. Um, and the game was close the entire the entire game. I don't know if many of you saw it or listened to it, but it was it was close the entire ball game. And Southern Miss turned it over 14 times, which is still a little more than they'd like, but better than they have been. Um, the Roadrunners turned it over uh, 10 times, so it was a it was a, a nip and tuck game the whole way. But the fact that they won on the road, which until last night they had never won. At San Antonio. Now, conversely, San Antonio has never won in Hattiesburg. But the fact that they won in San Antonio, a place that they had never won before, they won a close game, you know, they, they got beat by East Carolina in close fashion. So if they were to lose that game last night, then it starts getting in their head, well, we can't win the close games. Well, they did. Now, we knew by looking at the Massey ratings earlier in the week that UT San Antonio is not expected to be one of the stronger teams in Conference USA. But still, you go on the road and And you win. Uh, So the confidence factor, and again, without your stud, you know Tay Hardy, who they've they've just been trying to, they've been struggling to try to find themselves as a team. Any time in any league to go on the road and win is big.
0: Right, and this was back and forth, and and every time the Golden Eagles got challenged, they responded. So I think in so many ways. Uh, this has got to help them. They got another game scheduled tomorrow night at uh, El Paso. Correct. Uh, but boy, this is a this is a good start to the road trip.
1: And you have to remember, the Eagles are starting three freshmen. All right, now they're not. Some of them aren't aren't uh, true freshmen, but three freshmen and two juniors. There's not a senior on this roster. Um, so I know that there's. Look, I get it. That that the. That people are getting a little bit impatient, saying, "Where, you know, where's this improvement? Where, you know, double-digit wins and so on, uh, which could still happen this year." But just remember, still how how young this team is, and the the future, the potential that this team has going forward. All right,
0: Golden Eagles again uh, Saturday night uh, play at El Paso. The ladies are on the road. I think it was Sunday afternoon. They're going to play. At Louisiana Tech. This was really because of COVID. God, we're so tired of talking about COVID. But because of COVID, this was the conference opener for Southern Miss.
1: It was. It was. And uh, San Antonio had had already played a game. Now, this road trip after Southern Miss goes to UTEP, then they play at Louisiana Tech. And, Bob, I had a chance to, to watch bits and pieces of several of the Conference USA games last night. UAB looks really, really good. They they went into Denton last night and um, and got a six point win against the Mean Green and the Mean Green is projected to be one of the top you know three teams in the league UAB is definitely something to uh, to be reckoned with and Louisiana Tech boy do they look they looked great last night and unfortunately for the Eagles they're going to have to play them uh, before coming back to Reed Green Coliseum for a home game so the next two games are on the road for the Eagles Saturday at UTEP that's going to be an eight o'clock start. Our time, which is a seven o'clock start, in uh, in El Paso, and then they'll play Louisiana Tech before coming back home. And still no word on the two games that were postponed because of COVID. The two home games that Southern Miss was supposed to have against Western Kentucky and Marshall. But as soon as those games, and if those games get rescheduled, we will certainly let you know. So
0: Re- reports out of uh, Louisiana Monroe indicate uh, that Jay Hobson uh, may be hired as a defensive coordinator there. I got, I got a, a message uh, from a listener just a minute ago that said that's not for sure that he may stay at Mississippi State is as, as like one of these weird SEC advisors. But uh uh, your thoughts, Jay Hobson, potentially the uh, defensive coordinator at Monroe, right when Southern Miss is headed to the sun Belt.
1: It seems like Louisiana Monroe is getting to be the place where um, where coaches go to recycle their careers i don 't want to say to go and die but to recycle their careers because uh, Coach Bowden is there now, and of course he had Rich Rodriguez as the offensive coordinator last year. Rich Rodriguez you know was one of the premier coaches in the in the country ten or fifteen years ago. Well, Rich Rodriguez has since left and taken the head coaching position at Jacksonville State uh, in Alabama as Jacksonville State tries to upgrade its program. And Jay Hobson certainly has experience at, at that level uh, being a defensive coordinator. But I still think probably being an advisor on the on the Alabama payroll. Probably makes more money at State, Mississippi State. Or Mississippi State, that's right. But, yeah, at State as opposed to Monroe, he probably does make more money, Bob.
0: Well, here's here was the news article that that came out of Monroe. Uh, ULM has set to hire former Southern Miss coach Jay Hobson as a defensive coordinator, according to Football Scoop and other reports. The reports uh, come the same day that Zach Alley was announced as Rich Rodriguez's defensive coordinator at Jacksonville State. Ali was the D coordinator at Louisiana Monroe, I believe. You know, and when, when Rodriguez at one time he was he was the offensive coordinator or the defensive. Heck, coordinator? he
1: was he was the uh, I mean head coach at Arizona and Michigan. Yeah, it says know, Rodriguez
0: career. and Ali coached at ULM this past season when the Warhawks finished four and eight uh, one year after going zero and ten. Ali spent one season at Louisiana Monroe as the youngest offensive coordinator in the FBS. Hopson uh, Hobson has coached at Alcorn State, Southern Miss, and spent seasons as defensive analyst on Mike Leach's staff at Mississippi State. And uh but again, there now now some reports are surfacing uh that uh he, he may have decided to stay at Mississippi State. So we wish him well. I hope I hope whatever he decides uh he wants to do, it works for him.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think that uh I think that, that was a a situation that didn't really work out well. Right. you know, for southern miss or for Jay Hobson, I think Jay Hobson, you know, deep down inside here's problems. my
0: source says he actually this is just a source that I have He says he talked to, to Jay Hobson communicated with him today and and he told him that he was quote staying put, okay,
1: so that would mean that uh. Then he maybe went to the hot dog factory and saw what went, went into the hot dogs and decided not to eat the hot dog, you know. Well, and, yeah. And, and Mississippi State, you know, you have to wonder, too, about the whole Mississippi State experience, uh, experiment, rather, with Mike Leach. You know, you hear some state people say, yeah, he's he's fun to listen to and he gives a good yeah, press conference. I don't know
0: conference. how well that's worked out.
1: I, I agree. And I don't know how well that's going to work out going forward considering how many players State has in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And Southern Miss is the recipient. Is has gotten good news from you know is going to be the recipient of some of those transfers. It looks like from Mississippi State. So if they were originally good enough to play in in that premier league in the country, as we've talked we've mm-hmm. talked about, Bob. of course, <laughs> Um five, five and six. Yeah, but uh, so you'd think that that would that that would be upgrades <laughs> right. for Southern Miss.
0: Real quickly, uh, I know you know him. Do you have any update on, on the buzz that's been circulating around the local kid, Plumley, and and his leaving Ole Miss where he may or may not be
1: going? Uh, I, I have not. I've reached out to both him and, and his parents, and uh, and the, the text that I got from the family was just give him a few days. Now, I don't know if that means get a few days to make something official or a couple of days to decide. Uh, I don't know, but I'm sure we'll be among the first – to yeah. uh, to find out, so it's
0: not. I mean, so he hasn't. We, we keep hearing that he's going to Central Florida, but as far as you know, that's not absolute.
1: No, no, because as you saw in his uh, in his Twitter feed, if you follow John Rice, he he'll put something out on his Twitter feed when it becomes official. And he's the type of guy that until you hear it from him, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think anything is set.
0: When you stop. were in college, did you have a Twitter feed, or were you just considered a twit? <laughs>
1: Well, the latter is is more uh, accurate. About oh, I was called a lot more than twit. Let me, let He's me. Twitter feed. Uh, uh, sure. But you know you're going to do it upright. I mean, if that's the way you're communicating these days, then then get it out there once the decision is made.
0: All right, we know a lot of you out there love the New Orleans Saints. They're kind of like a guy on a respirator. They're right on the verge, but they're hanging on.
1: And there's another football team
0: coming to New Orleans. Yeah, we're going to talk to Patrick McGee from uh, NOLA.com about all of that coming up.
1: tuned in to the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern
0: Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon as we broadcast from the Southern Bank Course Studio here in Hattiesburg. Second segment of the show sponsored by Campus Bookmark and CampusBookmark.net. Of course, they're on Hardy Street, and of course, they have the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere. Miss Kathleen can fit you and get you set up whether you're looking for something for yourself, a friend maybe, a relative, something for your house, for your car, huge selection. Southern Miss apparel and accessories at Campus Book Barred on Hardy Street. Our good buddy Patrick McGee lives in New Orleans. We were just talking to him about all the good food down there. He works for NOLA.com, and he joins us on the Eagle Hour. And, Patrick, we're going to talk to you about a couple things today. But first, of course, the beloved New Orleans Saints, which are – which is the team, obviously, uh, in Louisiana, and I think Mississippi's NFL team, uh, they're still alive. I understand if if they win and another team, maybe, or maybe, maybe it's San Francisco, loses this weekend, that the Saints are still in the playoffs. And you know when you think about all the things that have happened in New Orleans and the fact that they're still alive for the playoffs, and you just have to look back and think what might have been if Jamison Winston had not been injured, Patrick?
3: Yeah, I mean, this team, I mean, I think if everything had kind of kind of been held together and dealt with minimal setbacks, you're looking at a team that's in the contention for the top seed in the NFC, and I really believe that. Um, you saw the way the team was playing and the way the defense has played here lately. Uh, if you have just a little bit, you know, improved offense, you're, you're talking – I mean, they beat, you know, uh, Tampa twice, and they did it once with Trevor Simeon and once with uh, Taysom Hill. You know, uh, Winston obviously got hurt in that first Tampa game teams you know quite good I mean if they get their offensive linebacks in my healthy maybe maybe Ramchick's back this weekend We'll Ramchick is back this weekend we'll see but if, right now it's, if they can get their offensive line just playing better ball where they can uh, you know give more time for Taysom to, to throw the ball in for you know give more room for Alvin Kamara to run it. I mean this team's got a, a chance to be dangerous in the playoffs and it's a matter of the Saints winning and the Forty ers losing, and and you know Las Vegas thinks both are going to happen. Uh, you've got right. the Forty ers playing the Rams, and the Rams have to win that to, to win the division. So uh, everybody's going to be playing for W's on Sunday, and and it, it you know, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. It's a weird season; a lot of things are going to get the Saints this year, but uh, they they're in a decent position right now to get into the playoffs.
0: Well, well both of those matchups are rivalries: the the Rams and the Forty ers the Saints and the Falcons. So you you know you just really can't say either way what'll happen, aren't?
3: No, and the Forty ers I think have kind of had the Rams' numbers uh, here in recent seasons, but I, I I think with the quarterback situation for the Forty ers I don't I don't think they'll beat the Rams.
1: But but I don't know I don't know which is a bigger if because the Saints don't exactly uh, shine brightly when they play the Falcons for you know you're talking about the Saints having Tampa's number. The Falcons always seem to play the Saints tough. Well, when, I'm
0: going to tell you something. I, I think some of the most physical, toughest football games I have watched through the years, Patrick, you can comment on this, are when Atlanta and New Orleans play. They just genuinely don't like each other, do they, Patrick?
3: No, it's it's unusual, kind of how that you go back to the play, uh, uh, former Saints players and they still have a genuine hatred for yeah. for the Falcons. I and I don't. I it's kind of hard to find that on the professional level where there's that genuine dislike between two. Uh, franchises in it, and it's very real. I I don't know if there's really a, a rivalry in the NFL where the just the cities and the, the players and everybody just don't like each other. Well, they are two different cities when you think about it. Once you know, it, it's just a, it, I, I can't really explain it. But I mean, he, Kelly talked about the Falcons playing the Saints tough when they and they always do, but they 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 beat the Falcons pretty good twice with Taysom Hill at quarterback last season.
1: Well, and and that it would be just the way the season's gone for the for the forty niners to lose, and then the birds, you know, beat New Orleans in in uh, in Atlanta. But yeah. but I'll tell you yeah. one: when you look at the Saints' defense that you just talked about, Patrick, have you ever seen Cameron Jordan play a streak of games like this? Guy's playing out of his mind. He, he's he's the best yeah. defensive player I think right now in the NFL.
3: Yeah, he's he's legit. I mean, he's well into his career. I don't know how many years he's been in NFL off the top of my head, but you know, at this age and this point in his career, to to have been pretty durable. I know he had the, was on the Kobe list at one point, but he, he just doesn't miss games. Uh, he's he's really good, and he's playing his best football at this point in his career, and it's unusual uh, for a player at this point, you know, almost a decade in or around about. Uh, he's, he's a great player, and they're good on the other end whenever Marcus Davenport is healthy and going. Uh, so this defense, if it's intact, and they say they win and get into the playoffs, and the defense can kind of continue to play the way they have and keep the players on the field – uh, that you know, if I'm the Rams, that's that's a tough out for game one.
1: Well, we certainly hope that that happens, that the Saints make the playoffs. If they don't, of course, the season comes to an end this Sunday. But New Orleans fans won't have to wait too long, Bob Getty, for more football because the New Orleans Breakers are coming back to the yeah. Crescent City.
0: Now, Patrick, you're probably too young to remember that, but I remember the New Orleans Breakers vividly. Mm-hmm. And I remember Marcus Duple playing for them and – big crowds uh, you know when when they played in New Orleans is, is there any buzz about about the breakers coming back Patrick
3: not not yet uh, that's something that's going to kind of play out in the spring and, and games won't be played in New Orleans uh, this season I, uh, reports indicate that every game of this in the USFL every game of that season is going to be played in Birmingham at the new football stadium there and that the plan is is for the next season for the each of the teams to move to the cities that they're tied to including the New Orleans breakers. And it's kind of a question mark on where they would play, possibly they'd play at Tulane's new stadium. I, I suppose they would you know, try to play in the Superdome, but I don't you know what kind of a, an agreement they could come to. Um, it's spring football, and gosh, they've had terrible luck with spring football the last couple of go-rounds. Go One just really just, the AAF just flopped really quickly. Uh, it was actually a decent product and was it was doing okay. And then just, they didn't have the financial backing and it just fell apart. And then you had the XFL, which was going along pretty well and and was getting good exposure and decent you know TV ratings. And then COVID COVID hit, and they just had to that was early in the pandemic, and they had to shut things down. Well, so you know we'll see. But I mean, this is this is you know they've got the backing of Fox, and it's really a league owned by Fox, so it's it's got the support. And you're going to see games played on both uh, Fox and NBC. So the, the, again, we'll see you know if it can succeed with the fair amount of TV exposure.
1: And you've got two former big name college coaches that have been named head coaches. We'll talk to Patrick about the the breakers. The breakers named their coach yesterday, but Kevin Sumlin, former Texas A and M and Arizona coach, is reportedly going to coach the Houston franchise in the USHL, uh, USFL rather. And Gene Chizik, who won a national championship at Auburn with scam, I mean Cam Newton. He is going to apparently coach the Birmingham franchise. So at least they're going out and getting some names, Patrick.
3: Yeah, and I think Chizik, I don't know if maybe his current, employee, current employer didn't find it out before they announced. They pushed back a little bit on that. It remains to be seen. I guess he'll not be the dude. The guy for the breakers is going to be Bart Andrews, who honestly I had no idea who he was. I had to Google him. <laughs> uh, it's it you know yeah we'll we'll see I, you know if I remember the the lineup of coaches kind of can change pretty quickly in these situations it's a fluid deal maybe coaches get other jobs elsewhere I'm sure these a lot of these guys are trying to get jobs but we'll see uh, yeah getting and getting some fairly large names involved I think Todd Haley was also on that that's list, right that's right coach. yeah uh, we'll see and and it's it'll be interesting I mean I don't know what it says for the league if they're going to play all their games in Birmingham in year one. Uh, but it's, you know, it's gonna be a project, and if it's successful, I think we'll, we'll see games, uh, be, uh, played by the Breakers in New Orleans.
0: Well, I could be wrong, but I just find it difficult to believe that in a city that so loves its franchise as New Orleans, people love the Saints that there can never be another football team other than the Saints in New Orleans, Patrick. <clears throat>
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm of the belief that these spring leagues would be better served putting teams in, in markets that don't have the NFL team, right? You know, right. whether it's San Antonio, or Omaha, or you know, just just places like that. You've seen a fair amount of success, but it's just always, you know, Fox or whoever's behind these leagues, they want to be in those large TV markets, and uh, New Orleans really isn't that big of an NFL TV market, so it's kind of surprising. I guess they just really wanted to revive these brands, and the New Orleans Breaker brand is, is a decent one, even though they only played one game. They only played one season in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, in the coming weeks. I'm, my introduction to the Breakers was the Marcus Dupree uh, documentary and kind of learning more about how he you know, came here and played and all that. Uh, but, you know, We'll see. It, it's it's to me it's a wait and see, and obviously it's probably going it's going to you know probably play out okay this spring, but uh, once they get into the respective markets, uh, uh, you know that'll be kind of a test whether it can succeed. Yeah, the
1: breakers. You know the breakers had two lanes colors back in the day. Yeah, they did, know, yeah. The, the the this kind of the sky blue and that that color of green uh, on, on a white background. I got to give credit Patrick to to um, the Pelicans switching teams and talking to the NBA. The Pelicans' social media department, Bob, you'll, you'll love this. They, the Pelicans upset highly heralded Golden State last night. And, and, and somebody tweeted, how in the world did the Pelicans beat the Warriors? And the Pelicans' social media department answered by saying, we scored six more points than they did. <laughs> That's why we won. Now, that is astute, Patrick. Those guys are on top of it.
0: Patrick, are you in a hurry? Can you stick around a little bit and talk to us more about yeah, the NFL? Yeah, yeah, that's fine.
1: Blue's not going to allow it.
0: Bob. <laughs> Blue can join the show, too. <laughs> Patrick and Blue. We'll get more from both of them on the other side of the yard. <laughs>
1: miss to the top to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Hey, welcome back. Take it from a guy that lived 20 years in the Mississippi Delta, the catfish capital of the world that today when they had lunch at 4th Street Bar and Grill, Kelly Center and it was Catfish Friday. That is the best catfish you will ever
1: eat in your life the catfish combined with the seasoning which Slade and those guys will not reveal the ingredients of what right. of what they of what what they rub it with before they you know fry it man it is delicious no sure. question
0: 895 plate lunch every day at 4 Street Bar and Grill Monday through Friday and a lot of good ball games and a lot of good food on the weekends as well and we thank them for their support of our program we're talking to our good friend Patrick McGee from uh, NOLA.com. Several things we wanted to talk to you about, Patrick. Uh, Kelly uh, brought in an article earlier today about the Sunbelt Conference about to meet and uh, a lot of speculation as to when Southern Miss will actually join the conference. And I know none of us really know that. But we had an interesting conversation Monday with baseball coach Scott Barry, And Coach Barry, in a sense, was defensive about Conference USA baseball, which he has every right to be. He and... Uh, John McCormick at Florida Atlantic and other coaches in the league worked really hard to build that conference up. They were that was a 4 team uh that was a 4 team conference last year. They put 4 teams in the NCAA regionals. He pointed out that the Sun Belt on the other hand, had only put one. But here's my point. Anytime you bring a Southern Miss and an old Dominion baseball program into your conference, you are really upgrading uh, you know, you're really upgrading the league. Do you see that as uh, as one of the big positives the Sun Belt gets out of this merger?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think it just ups the ante for the, uh, the conference as a whole. Southern Miss has been consistently good, and you have Louisiana that's been really consistently good, and they've had, you know, they've had their reasons uh, for dropping off a touch here lately. I mean, heck, the coach died uh, not that long ago, uh, but you have Coastal Carolina, former recent national champion. You got South Alabama. I think once you bring in a Southern Miss, that's consistently good. Uh, you just add more to that, and you're going to. The hope is the way I explained it. You know, kind of early on, whenever all this happening, that Southern Miss baseball can really kind of jumpstart an underperforming Sun Belt conference when it comes to baseball. Uh, I think they just Southern Miss is really in the middle of a baseball hotbed, just like Louisiana, South Alabama, Coastal Carolina. These are all programs that are perfectly located for college baseball. And the more you add to that, the more you just kind of – everybody's got to understand they got to step up. And one you can't ignore is it, Texas State, which has really good facilities. Uh, they just have a, you know, a lot of good college baseball programs in Texas, and they have to compete and get it right on the recruiting trail. So uh, this can be a much better baseball conference with Southern Miss in it. It's always, already very good. I think it's deeper than Conference USA. Uh, Southern, uh, uh, conference USA has just been better at the top of the conference here in recent years. Uh, just in terms of having three or four very good teams, while the Sunbelts usually had two to three at most very good teams. So I think you add Southern Miss into that mix, you just kind of flip everything in that, you know, Sunbelt kind of um, makes that solid jump ahead of Conference USA.
1: Well, Bob and Patrick, it does appear that it's going to happen sooner rather than Mm -hmm. later. All right, this is from 24-7 Sports. Arkansas State, who's already in the Sunbelt, Arkansas State's Vice Chancellor for Intercollegiate Athletics, a guy by the name of Tom Bowen, was quoted by saying, quote, the athletic directors and I have been trading a lot of calls and text messages to prepare for a meeting on January 25th, and I think that will be the priority and topic of discussion. That is to say the four new teams, Old Dominion, Marshall, um, Southern Miss, and James Madison coming into the league in 2022 rather than 2023. That, that meeting takes place on January 25th then it will be voted on by the conference's CEOs Chancellors and presidents on Wednesday January 26th
0: voted uh, what's being voted on bringing the schools in early
1: or or waiting until 2023 uh, Bowen went on to say quote it is a moving target right now I think it's going to be a very long discussion and I think there is a lot of interest by some of the members to come in early, and other schools have said they might be open to that. He also said, quote, I do think we will have a consensus on what we are going to do. If it's 23, we set up the 23 dynamic. If it is different than that, we will set it up then. He just went on to say, and I'm paraphrasing here, that it, this has not been a done deal. Um, but but the league has already said whenever this new conglomeration comes together, this configuration of the Sun Belt, that the Red Wolves of Arkansas State will be in the West Division with Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Lafayette, Texas State, South Alabama, Troy, and Southern Miss. The East Division will consist of Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, Marshall, Old Dominion, and James Madison the fact that they already have the division set up would certainly lead me to believe that this is going to happen sooner rather than later is that reasonable Patrick
3: yeah I, I think the, I think the problem is getting scheduling right uh, they've tried to, I, I think if they're going to vote on it that means they've gotten the scheduling part right you know they've got that figured out and you know I guess it's possible that they could vote against it but why I mean if they can make it happen just make it happen I think Everybody wants it to happen as early as possible. and Yeah, I mean, it it would be hard to see it not happening at this point.
0: Let me throw this possibility out at you too, Patrick. We've talked about this this week. Apparently there is a petition underway by a lot of the fan base in Louisiana Tech uh, to take the conference baseball tournament away from Hattiesburg since the Golden Eagles are leaving for the Sun Belt. Can you imagine a scenario where Conference USA would jerk that tournament away from Hattiesburg?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it it could happen theoretically, but I think it would have already happened by now. Um, uh, it, it, it's you know, I, I don't think they'll do it because they know Hattiesburg. Will, you know, they can make a little money, hold it in Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that, that petition was fairly lame. I think they had set a goal of 500, <laughs> 500 oh, oh. signees, and if you read the, uh, uh, this the language of the thing, it was pretty. It was fairly pretty much a joke. Uh, so I wouldn't take that with any seriousness. But, yeah, I mean, it's possible. But I, I think they would have already done it by now. I think that's uh, a good and, point, yeah. And they have to make planning for hotels and stuff like that, and I'm sure that's probably already done.
1: Yeah, Well, yeah. And, and by God, you just let them take that, turn them away from us, and see <laughs> and hey, what happens. There's,
0: there's nowhere it's been more successful than, what, than when it's been in – Hattiesburg or the Gulf Coast. Yeah,
1: there's but it, no but, but you know that. what, you guys? and I know this sounds like we're sophomores in high school, but it would be so Conference USA to do something like that. <laughs> well, you hopefully know. they have more integrity. And it, we should point out that there's no
0: indication that no. the conference or Louisiana Tech has been involved. In right, the, in that's it. right. All right, Patrick, we get just a couple of minutes left. I want to get your take here because I know, I know Kelly's just dying to hear you mention a certain team in this, but um, I want you to give us as we have one season, one weekend left in the NFL, the top five NFC teams and the top five AFC teams that you think will contend for the Super Bowl?
3: Well, I mean, I, I, you got to put the Buccaneers, even though I think the Buccaneers are a somewhat flawed team right now, you got to put them number one until somebody knocks them off. Uh, right. Just what they did last year. They got Tom, Tom Brady at quarterback, and I think that's Ooh. when you put the Packers in. Uh, the but- Buccaneers, the Packers – and then you know I'd probably put Arizona if they're right, you know, mm-hmm. uh, right there. And then probably the Cowboys, and then the, then the Rams. I, I'm not I'm not uh, fully bought in on the Rams honestly uh, at this point. But that's that's kind of where I'd stack up. All right. So
0: listen, America. now you got Tampa, Tampa, yeah. Los Angeles, Dallas, Green Bay, Green Bay, and Arizona. Right. Hard to argue yeah, with that. Right. Hard to argue. Yeah. AFC, Patrick. Uh,
3: Chiefs. I think a lot of people were kind of talking them down early in the year, but we, you know, they're, they've rebounded, played very well. I think we've got the Chiefs. Uh, I really like the Bills. I like the way they're, you know, they're built. They're built for the postseason. Uh, then I'm probably going to say the Bengals. Hey.
0: Oh no, no. no. <laughs>
3: then the then the Titans. Titans are very much a contender. You could you talk about those four teams I just mentioned? and I think all of them. Have have a great chance of getting to the Super Bowl, and I'm 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 being honest with that. And then New England, who I think is close, uh, but I think they're probably a year or two away. Uh, but you know, I I think I'd put New England there as well. I'm I'm not a big Carson Wentz guy when it comes to the Colts.
0: Yeah, I I hate to even ask you this question in the last minute we have left, but do you really believe the Cincinnati Bengals have a chance to make it to the Super Bowl?
1: Look, Bob, I'll turn the car around right now. All right. <laughs>
3: You know, I wouldn't put them – I would think that in terms of, like, teams most likely get to the Super Bowl, i would probably put the the Bengals at like maybe fourth on that list. But, I mean, uh-huh. if they're hot and that offense is rolling, uh, you know, throughout the playoffs, yeah, they can get there. But, you know, I, I think they would stub their toe along the way.
1: And I'll tell you what, though, if that offense stays healthy, remember, they're setting all these records, and all uh-huh. those guys are under the age of 25. Well, it's
0: safe to say, Patrick, they're an up-and-coming team. They're They're building something in Cincinnati. There's no question about that.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, this has got a chance to kind of go back to the the Bengals' heyday of the the 80s. You know, I think they can kind of get back to that kind of level of success where they can compete for Super Bowls and then disappoint their fan base thoroughly once they get there. Uh, So, yeah, I I think the – Patrick, it's only
1: a two-hour drive down there, buddy. It's only a two-hour drive down there. Of course, he's got blue to attack sick sick me when I get down there. All right,
0: Patrick. We appreciate your time, buddy. You have a great weekend.
1: All right, y'all too. Fourth fourth to make it to the Super Bowl get
0: all the way to the Super Bowl just to disappoint their fans like they always well,
1: what, what did some fans of uh, the Saints say that when they die they're going to get the, some of the Saints to be their pallbearers so let them
0: down one, one last more. time <laughs> that's, right.
1: that's <laughs> right we'll
0: be back Melissa Socia joins us right after the break Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the show. I want to thank Patrick McGee for joining us in the last couple of segments. Fun conversation. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studios here in Hattiesburg and Laurel. I want to thank D1, Dbat for their support of our program as always. Great place to take your kids. Now, if you're getting them tuned up for baseball, D-Bat's the place to go.
1: This is the time, and a lot of select baseball and softball tournaments will be staged in mid to late February. So, these teams are going to start rolling pretty quick like now. So. Right.
0: One of the great things about doing this show is we've made a lot of good friends over the past years, and our next guest certainly on that list, a very high on the list. Melissa Socher from Keith Co. and Mississippi Made and More joins us on the Eagle Hour. And Melissa so graciously reached out to us, as many of you know, a couple of months back and let us get involved with her in our effort to raise money for head coach Corky Palmer's recovery fund. And Melissa, Happy New Year. Glad to have you on the show.
2: Happy New Year. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure.
0: All right, Melissa, give us an update. Where are we on our raffle efforts and uh, fundraising efforts for Coach Palmer?
2: So we still have people um, coming into the store and, um, you know, going over and making donations and buying tickets over at the baseball field and at the front porch buffet. And all together, drum roll, please. Go ahead. We are at. We are at eighteen thousand nine hundred and sixty dollars, so wow. we're just above nineteen thousand
0: dollars. Wow, that's fantastic! And we're gonna we're gonna give the money to Coach Palmer's uh, family. Uh, you and I, I think, actually, on the opening day at Pete Taylor Park. So we still have until the eighteenth of February, Melissa. I, I said this to you early on, and looks like looks like my prognostications were right. Is that a word? <laughs> Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be north of twenty grand to hand Coach Palmer and his family, aren't we?
2: We're gonna be there. You know, tooth or nail, we're gonna be there. I'm I'm so excited. There's just been an overwhelming support and I'm just absolutely blown away at every person that comes in and makes a donation or buys tickets. They all have a you know, a special t- story and they share something new with me. Um, a lot of things about Coach Palmer that I've learned, um, that I didn't know. Um but he, you know, he's just such a wonderful person, and has such a a great legacy that will carry on forever at the Southern Miss um, baseball organization.
0: Well, there's no question, and we should remind people too that that another relative of a famous Southern Miss coach is involved in this effort too, and and that that's uh, the is am I right? The daughter of uh, of Pete Taylor, the legendary Pete Taylor.
2: That's right, Barbara Taylor Gandy. Um, was in on this from the very beginning and was part of the idea. And she made the first, uh, which is the grand raffle uh, piece that we'll be giving away. The The big prize is a, a big stained glass piece with the official eagle head in the middle and Coach Palmer's years of service um, with the baseball team and um, his name and his famous number of you know, that that he coached with all those years. Um, all of that's on the stained glass piece. And we have about nine other items that we've gathered from friends of Coach Palmer, Coach Barry. Um, people have been more than generous to donate items that we'll be giving away, you know, as prizes.
0: Right. Now, now, you mentioned a couple of areas, places, your store, Mississippi Made and More. Uh, the front porch, the baseball office, that people can go donate money. But they can also go online, Melissa, and tell them how they do that.
2: Yes, and also another physical location, Century First Federal Credit Union over there across from USM is also selling tickets. But you can go to galabid.com, G-A-L-A-B-I-D.com, and just search word uh, Corky Palmer Medical Expenses, And you can make a donation or buy a ticket for $20. There's no um, minimum or maximum number of tickets um, that you have to buy. We're just happy to get any kind of donation.
0: And when you buy a ticket, you're eligible to win any of the prizes. Is that correct?
2: That's right. And we've gathered about 10 um, wonderful prizes. One is a uh, MLB uh, baseball helmet replica signed by Brian Dozier. Um, we have a memorial plaque from the championship year when Coach Palmer was at Southern Miss. Um, it's got him on it, the, ba- the team that uh, won that year, and some other things that were significant to that year. Just a, a, a lot of great prizes. One of the jerseys that he wore during the games, we have that, fr- we framed it at the store, and it's on a, um, a nice pedestal that's ready to go. Um, Just an array of of great prizes that you could win, priceless, things that anybody would love to have. Now, let
0: me just say in the last few seconds that we have, anybody that doesn't know this lady, Melissa Sosher, doesn't know how hard she works to do so many things for for so many organizations and so many different individuals. And, And you know, you and your husband have been a huge supporter, Melissa, of Southern Miss and Southern Miss Athletics and uh and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure the school appreciates it. But on behalf of all of us Southern Miss people, uh, you know, many thanks to all you and uh, your husband do for the athletic program in the university.
2: Thank you so much. When you believe in what you're given to, you get back ten times fold, and you know, as a Southern Miss community, we all sit together and we help each other, and that's just what we do. Hey,
1: Michelle, real quick, can I use any of my Keith Co. points on my Keith Co. app on my phone <laughs> for, the, for the purchase of any tickets? I guess not. That's a separate deal. Okay.
0: Ignore him, Melissa. I don't know why we let him on the show.
2: Hey, I got my $5 off as a register yesterday, and I was very happy about that. <laughs>
0: All right, thanks, Melissa. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Have a blessed
0: one. Bye, bye, right, Melissa Socher. Everybody, Keith, Coe, what a great, great lady. Yeah, yeah, I got no, it. you can't use the points. All Just right, shut okay, up. Okay. All right. We'll be back. Uh, John Stewart's going to join us. Track coach. The new schedule's out. Probably one of the most successful coaches at Southern Miss in a long time. He's on the show Monday. Heath Hinton as well. We'll update basketball until then. Southern
1: Miss to the top.